1: To episode two hundred eight of the Source Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network, the Source Say Podcast is brought to you uh, once again by Athletic Greens. We'll talk about them here just a second. Uh, I am joined once again by my host, uh, co-host Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you?
0: I am fantastic, Jack Pilgrim. How are you?
1: Oh, hanging in there and living the dream is going to be. A uh, very, very good show. I'm very excited for it. Uh, We're going to have Travis Branham, recruiting expert with 247 Sports, joining us uh, here very shortly. He is wrapping up a commitment right now over on his own platform, and uh, then he's going to jump on over with us and talk a little Kentucky basketball recruiting. I'm sure uh, fans are going to love uh, asking some questions to him. What's the latest on DJ Wagner? What's the latest on Aaron Bradshaw, Ron Holland, Uh, the Class of 2024, all the questions that you guys have, he will have answers to all of those. So uh, very excited for that. So once he is wrapped up over uh, with his own work duties, he's going to jump on and hang on with us for a little while. Very much looking forward to that uh, shot. It was admittedly a very quiet week. We were kind of banking on some news, banking on some you know recruiting updates, some scholarship offers, things like that. Uh, there was a scholarship offer uh, with a kid that plays for overtime elite that he said that he received an offer, but I confirmed on UK side that that was not a legitimate offer. So uh, don't even need to be talking about him. If they're going to be evaluating him, Jaden Williams, if things grow from there, we'll see what happens, but definitely not something of substance that we need to waste our breath on as of right now. Um, And then there's a surprise. Eric Daly uh, put UK in his top eight. We talked about, Uh, how uh, UK was going to go visit him in person, uh, but he does not have a a committable scholarship offer right now. So uh, that is uh, no big deal, nothing worth talking about as of right now. But uh, outside of that, Sean, the only news that we got this week uh, is the big blue madness camp out details those are all out now uh, to this afternoon uk put out the press release that included uh, where the camp out uh, map is so where where fans are going to be able to set up their tents and uh, what the uh you know background situation is going to look like there you know we talked on the last show about there's going to be a, a uh, watch party for the old miss game they released all the details for that uh, where you're going to be able to camp where you're going to be able to set up tents what you're not allowed to do you're not allowed to uh, you know, drill stakes into the concrete and do things like that. So that part was uh, fans are a little confused as to how you're going to set up a tent. Tent if you can't set stakes up, so uh, some confusion there. But uh, all in all, uh, you get a, a an in depth. Uh, detailed release on what's going on with the Big Blue Madness campout. Uh, I'm sure you've got the chance to see that. What are your thoughts on uh, uh, how the the big uh, campout weekend is going to go?
0: Uh, it's good to see the campout back and in the way that it should be. You get a full weekend there uh, with uh, with the campout there on October 1st. I want not say no earlier than 5 a.m. I believe is what the details are all the way through. And, and, there, and there, there, will be, there will be there. They will definitely be there ready to roll. It will be a – Wonderful scene there just outside the Joe Craft Center Memorial Coliseum. you got UK Volleyball that weekend. You've got Kentucky football. Unfortunately, it's a noon kick on that Saturday, but all of Big Blue Nation, there's going to be a lot of fans going to that football game, but there's going to be a large gathering of Kentucky fans there uh, spending a couple of days together and getting ready for what should be an exciting basketball season. I'm, I'm so glad to see it back.
1: Yeah, it looks like they're going to be handing out pizza. They're going to be doing some salsa samples from screaming memes. I've never had screaming memes, but apparently that's, that's a good thing. La Rosa's pizza is going to be providing, uh, that. And then campers are also, uh, provided free admission to the 4 p.m. volleyball match, uh, inside Memorial Coliseum against, uh, Alabama. And I know that's something Kentucky fans are going to be very excited for. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a good night. I'm, I know. Uh, it's It always gets crazy. We haven't gotten to see that since 2019 due to COVID. So uh, I'm sure the restlessness is going to be very uh, tangible when when that finally rolls around. So uh, we'll be, uh, I'm sure I'll stop in at some point and check in with the fans. We might do some live streams or something like that. So I'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, on that note, I believe we have our very special guest uh, here, Travis Branham of 247 Sports, recruiting expert, the best in the game, my guy, uh, Travis, what's
2: going on, buddy? Nothing much, man. That was a very gracious introduction. Very special <laughs> guest. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but thanks for having me on, man. I'm really glad to be here. You just jumped off your uh,
1: your own work duties. You just announced the commitment of Tayson Chapman. I joked with you texting. I said, man, I can't wait for him to go to Kansas just to throw him off. But we all knew he was going to Ohio awesome. State. Good, good, good work on that, as always. But uh, Man, what's up? I'm, I'm excited to have you on and uh, talk a little Kentucky basketball recruiting.
2: Yeah, man. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And uh, man, there's not a not, not been a whole lot going on. Just got a whole lot of recruiting stuff going on. I mean, obviously not with so much we can take can things take out on the road, but uh, no reported visits as of yet. I think we'll have some coming down the pipe here. But I mean, for our jobs, when it comes to covering this recruiting class, most of our work has been done. And now it's just kind of a waiting game to see what else is going to be uh, coming down the pipe. Well, we
1: have a lot of questions for you, and you know exactly where the questions are going to be geared toward and and, uh, the questions of the hour. I I had somebody... Responding uh, uh, on Twitter, the very first question said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to it. Change the <laughs> ball. We already know where DJ is going, so uh, we will obviously get to that uh, here in just a second. But before that, uh, you are in a very unique situation with your job and kind of how you got to where you where you are. We had you on radio uh, last summer to talk a little bit about it. You were former manager at UK, um, playing alongside Tyler Ewles, who's my favorite UK point guard of all time. Uh, just real quick before we get into the fun stuff." Uh, what just what was that experience like being a manager at UK, and uh, give a, a story or two about your time uh, playing playing uh, alongside Tyler Ullis in practice?
2: Yeah, uh, honestly, it was awesome. Um, Tyler, he was a, he was fiery man. Um, I'll never I'll never forget. There was one practice where I was I was down there with the guards. We always used to use these giant arm pads, so you would literally just stick your hand in this giant pad, wow. both of them, and like it was just like free reign you're going at these at the guys and just like basically trying to make it as difficult for them as possible to try to get to the rim and finish so one day i had tyler and uh, i think i caught him a little bit in the face and uh i won't really get into all the details but he was not happy with me and he, he let me know about it very very plainly and then uh, a lot of my favorite favorite memories will definitely uh Playing uh, not many people – oh, I I guess people really are are familiar with Jamal Murray, but, like, his personality. Like, he's got this big, vibrant, energetic personality. He doesn't know any single stranger. Um, And so there's a lot of times where uh, just playing one-on-one with him, just messing around, whatever. Um, There's a lot of great players. And then, obviously, I'll flex for you guys real quick. The uh, all-time memories are definitely the uh, rings that we got to get for the SEC Championship in the Final Four. Um, so, yeah, man, it was a great time An invaluable experience Something I went and trade the world for uh, Made a lot of great friends uh, During that time And uh, won a lot of games Do you agree with my Personal opinion that Tyler Uless is the
1: greatest Point guard in Kentucky basketball history?
2: You know, I, I Agree, but at the same time I have a personal bias And it might be a hot take at this point Especially with recent developments John Rondo is my favorite. Um, That dude's IQ is something um, that I've always just, like, kind of been super intrigued by. There's not many people that see the game like he does. Um, Elite passer, elite defender, elite competitor. Uh, He just has that mental makeup out on the court that just always, like, just really just – I had to watch him every single night when he was on the Celtics, uh, the Kings, whoever he was with. I always wanted to watch him and always wanted to study his film because, he, again, he just sees the game at a completely different level than uh, many other guys out there. So that's my all-time – again, that's a hot take, especially with everything that's kind of unfolded in, in his career and um, all that stuff. But Tyler is a very close one. He He's one of those other guys that extreme competitor, extreme fighter. I mean, got every ounce of his being out of him. Like there's there's a lot of guys that you say – Oh, he he got the most out of his talent or whatever. Tyler overachieved in a lot of different ways. I mean, you stand next to him, uh, he he frankly looks like he could still be in high school. Um, he was five foot eight, hundred and forty pounds, soaking wet. Uh, but that kid, he he would never back down from a fight. I remember too, like there would be days where he'd square up with like somebody does takes a cheap shot or does something, you know how it gets in price can get chippy. It's competitive, right? And Tyler would not back down, whether it be like Willie or Carl, um, anybody, whether they're two feet taller than that it doesn't matter. He, he's going to uh, hold his ground and, and really just kind of you know, earn the respect of not only the players, but uh, most importantly, Cal. I, I think he is one of those guys that uh, earned the utmost respect and, and just Cal just letting him go out there and do him. Um, when you get that, that means uh, I think that's the highest amount of praise you can get from uh, John Calipari.
0: Travis, before we get into recruiting and 23 class, uh, you flashed those rings there a moment ago. <laughs> Kentucky fans are hoping John Calipari is flashing a ring here in March, April. Uh, hopefully, a national championship. Do, do you think that this team, the way it's put together, like, do you think that they're going to be right there at the end of the year with a chance to to cut down the nets?
2: And anytime you have the returning national player of the year, uh, you can never rule them out. Obviously, that goes without saying. Um, to me, the, the biggest question moving forward is who's going to be uh, the go-to guy? Late in games uh, where, like when I was there, Jamal Murray, Tyler Ullis, you could go to both of them. Obviously, 2014, 2015 years, just a, dude, that was an outlier. Heat code team. It's whoever you want, and we can make whatever we want to happen. But like Jamal Murray, Tyrese Maxey, Darren Fox, Malik Monk, um, you go on down this list, there's always a guy – that you have to have on your team, especially in March, that you just want to get the ball to and just say, go get the bucket, go win us this game. Um, so my question is, who's that going to be this year? Who's going to step up, especially on the offensive end, on the perimeter? Uh, Kason Wallace, to me, I, I think will have to be that guy. Um, Severe Wheeler's going to do what Severe Wheeler does. He's going to average a lot of assists. He's going to play really hard, but he's not that bucket getter. I think, again, Kason Wallace is going to have to be that guy. He's an elite defender. Uh, the reviews on Kason coming out, in the preseason is really high praise uh, as expected, maybe even higher than what we anticipated. Um, so to me, if they're going to make that deep run, I think somebody's just going to have to step up and really kind of take on that role uh, to make this run. And I guess on that note,
1: Antonio Reyes is a guy that – uh there was a lot of concern about what the jump you know from Illinois state to Kentucky would be uh you know Missouri Valley to SEC how he would adjust to the length and the size and the speed and all that uh, and i thought you know you, the rave reviews were pretty clear in the preseason you hear all the whispers to, during all that but then to see it with your own two eyes in the Bahamas does that shock you at all and, and does that kind of raise the ceiling of this team knowing that uh, he can be that kind of go-to scorer that uh, i think UK desperately needed to add this offseason
2: you know, it, it's hard to evaluate uh, transfers and not even just transfers, but high school kids who are uh, – when you watch Antonio Reeves' film, he's an ext- he was an extremely high-volume guy. I mean, he was used every single possession. You gave the ball – you put the ball in his hands, and he's going out there having to do everything from score and create for others, rebound. So he's doing too- – he was being asked to do, frankly, too much. Um, and so the efficiency numbers, everything was down. So the question becomes – is he going to be that? Try to be that same player at, at whatever school he goes to. Obviously, now we know it, it's at Kentucky. Is he going to try to be that same player, or is he going to be willing to buy into his role? And I think what we saw and what the reports been is he is willing to buy into his role. Now he's not. You're not throwing the ball to him, and he's out there having to create for you every single possession. No, now he's stepping out onto the perimeter, just spotting up, making catch and shoot threes and attacking closeouts when the ball gets to him. And it's really raises efficiency numbers. It's gonna make him a very valuable role guy moving forward. And and again, this he's gonna be a valuable piece to this team winning all season long. And I thought the
1: the coolest part being down there in the Bahamas, Cal uh, brought us in for a film section where uh, you know, he broke down the good, the bad, the ugly, and he flat out told Antonio he was like you are not good enough defensively right now. You are not engaged. You're not locked in. We need you to take a step up. And a, a lot of players would take that type of criticism and be like, man, you know, forget you. I, I, I go out and get buckets. I went out and got 20. Why are you Why are you complaining about my defense? And how engaged he was listening to Cal and, and completely understanding because I got to be better. You know, he, and I thought that was kind of the difference. And, okay, maybe this guy can be that special player where he's not just trading baskets. Uh, you know, during his time on the floor, where there's the efficiency isn't there, the fact that he understands that he needs to take a step up defensively, I think is is definitely a step in the right direction. And, and why me, Perkley? I'm super excited about the, him long term.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's one of those things that's really hard to evaluate on film, and, and it's one of those things you have to really dig in and find out what kind of player these guys are behind the scenes, because um, being coachable. Um, It's hard for a lot of people to try to figure out. And, again, when you're that guy for a team where you're taking – I I can't remember the stats, but he was taking a lot of shots every single night. Mm -hmm. And he was taking whatever shot he wanted every single night. So when you bring in a kid uh, and and tell him, no, that is – you're not good enough to do that. You are now spotting up on the perimeter. um, And and, and we're simplifying your role for our benefit but also for your benefit – it's going to impact the win column. He's going from, oh shoot, you're, uh, I'm brain fart. Illinois State, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're coming from a losing program, um, and now you're jumping into Kentucky, um, where winning is absolutely expected, and there's there's uh, no room for error here. Um, so his willingness to do that, I mean, that speaks extremely. That that says a lot about him as a as a not only as a player but also just as a human being to to be able to. Uh, take that and own that and embrace it. Um, again, it's it's going to be extremely valuable moving forward because perimeter shooting um, and scoring just in general is going to be uh, very important for this team. Um, obviously, we say that every single year regarding a team. They need shooting. They need more shooting. Um, but I think this team, it, it's even more so. I think this is going to be one of those teams where any night is going to be somebody else's night to step up. Um and you, there's going to be nights where we see Severe Wheeler, I think, go for 15, 20 points. There's obviously going to be just about every night where you see Oscar go for 15 and 15. That goes without saying that Antonio Reeves, maybe it's his night for 20. Maybe it's Casey Wallace for 20. Maybe it's Chris Livingston. Chris Livingston's reviews uh, in the preseason have been also extremely high. Which to me, honestly, I, I was curious to how this would go with Chris Livingston. His, his senior year uh, was a bit rocky um he wasn't super efficient his motor was spotty um so it's really curious like how is he going to kind of just adjust and jump into this new uh high major basketball and obviously Kentucky level of basketball and it seems he is really kind of um he's really over in, in some ways and people by surprise so um there's gonna be nights where it's gonna be his night out on the floor so um Yeah, Antonio Reeves, back to the original point. uh, For him to kind of buy into his role, it's it's really kind of invaluable moving forward.
1: Looking at some of these comments, uh, Michael Miller says, I think it's going to be Antonio Reeves as the UK's go-to scorer. Connor Riggs says, it'll be Reeves or Toppin. Uh, And then going back to some of the, the questions we have, who's the best point guard of all time? Tyler Smith says, uh, I got to go with burner Turner. I, I feel a bourbon kingdom says I really like, uh, loved, uh, Hawkins or Cliff Hawkins, although Dominic Hawkins was my guy too. So obviously have the best, but shout out Dom. Uh, uh, we're, uh
0: it's uh, hard to argue with Wayne Turner. I mean, the success national championships, almost four final fours.
1: Yeah. I'm okay. I think we see a, a personal, uh personal favorite there for Sean.
0: Yeah. Uh, Wayne but, Turner for me. Uh,
1: <laughs> Uh, Daryl Williams says Chris Livingston needs to play defense and rebound. He did both of those exceptionally well uh, down in the Bahamas. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I think that's all for the current topics and, and all that. Now let's get into the all all the fun stuff. What what we uh, what we brought you in for and what uh, what uh, makes you as as important as you are, uh, Travis. But uh, uh, the, obviously, big talk right now, DJ Wagner. What in the world is going on with him? Uh, there was some talk that you know maybe post Peach Jam, you know early August talk that that he could get a decision over with. It is now mid to late September. Uh, still haven't heard much of anything in that regard. Uh, what do you got? What's the latest on DJ? <laughs> I'm
2: going to duck out of this question. This is one that I've been working on, and and obviously this is such a significant and delicate question. I do not want to go on record and say anything that where if I say, because I know Kentucky fans, They're listening I, know I would say he's leaning Kentucky, and I get it. Like, if I say right now I believe he's leaning Kentucky, Kentucky fans will run with that. And if it changes, because, again, I want to have every single T crossed, every single I dotted. I want to have this t- thing tied up and, and all just pretty little ribbon around it. Like, I want to have every single piece of information before I go on record saying it. Obviously, Kentucky's in a great spot. Obviously, still not rolling out Louisville, still not rolling out other options. This is one that is such a significant, delicate question. Um, that I am, I am really being more thorough, I think, with the DJ Wagner recruitment than I've ever been. Obviously, I haven't been like going out spouting off stuff on Twitter or social media or, anyth- or 24-7, anything like that. Um, but just trying to be as thorough. Um, and cautious as possible with every single piece of information. Cause as you're learning, uh, like you said, there's rumors. Maybe he does it at peach jam. Maybe he does it in early August. It in, yeah. like, September. like There's been so many uh, just, just false rumors and, and just conf- a lot of conflicting information. Um, and so just really trying to verify each and every single piece of information that comes in. Um, it is something that i, I worked probably too much on um so to not answer your question i am just gonna duck but again kentucky fans you guys are in a great spot
1: Uh, okay let me throw it a different angle at you because it's not a secret it's not a secret that kentucky is extremely confident on their end What does it say to you that they have passed on the, you know, the likes that they haven't gone for Isaiah Collier, they haven't gone all in on a reclass for, you know, an Ian Jackson or whatever, you know, whatever, looking at secondary options, they are extremely confident on their end that they're going to be able to seal the deal, no matter what the latest is in his, in that regard. What does that say to you uh, regarding their confidence?
2: It says two things. Yeah, they are extremely confident. Um, But at the same time, and this, I don't know if I think it might know the whole point of that, but at the same time, when you're recruiting a DJ Wagner, um, you already have two other guards on board with Robert Dillingham and Reed Shepherd. I don't think you can possibly recruit another guard, period. If you're serious about getting a number three, number four prospect in the class, um, especially one that you have really strong ties to, I think a lot of kids will take it as a slight, frankly, um, if they see you really go in on Isaiah Collier um, and, it, and it can really rub, rub people the wrong way. And now there are strategies. Oh, we're going to like people, there are coaching staffs out there. There we're going to offer this kid to really put the pressure on you to finally make this decision. Right. This is, that's not going to work here. Um, you can't do that. This, this situation is too significant, too delicate. Um, and so, yeah, I think one, yes, they're extremely confident, but at the same time on the other end of the spectrum, I don't think you can possibly go out and recruit an Isaiah Collier, uh, to try to come in on board because that would load up the backcourt way too much and it p- could potentially just backfire and rub somebody the wrong way and they head off the, to another direction.
1: Well, obviously Aaron Bradshaw is the other piece of that Camden puzzle. Uh, you know, there was a, he was a silent commit, and if you don't want to put that out there, I, I've said it on this show several times, it was a done deal. He was coming to Kentucky. Uh, Mom kind of jumps in there and says – I think we need to kind of hit pause on this and what there's no rush. Why are we getting this out of the way right now? Let's take some other visits. Let's do that. I know he has some other visits planned and, and he's kind of hitting pause and pushing things back as much as possible. Uh, is there any movement on the Aaron Bradshaw front? Uh, something that maybe Kentucky fans will be uh, happy about.
2: I'll say you're good at your job. Um, all that information is spot on. Um, now I do believe uh, Kentucky's still in a really good, good position, but Similarly to DJ, this one went dead silent for for a couple of weeks there. Um, And Kentucky starting to like – some buzz is starting to come back out a little bit. Kentucky's still in a great spot, but I do think he is going to set up a couple of visits um, to USC and to Texas. Um, So he's going to be thorough. Again, uh, his mom, I, I really believe, really wants him to see every single option through do all of his homework, and really kind of come down to a decision later on. Um, So Kentucky's still in a great spot. Um, Really like their chances there. But this thing's going to drag out, I think, a little bit longer.
1: You know, just with where UK is with Ugana Kingsley on Yenzo, he's now on campus and, and starting practice up. There's some buzz now that maybe Oscar Sheway could be another returning guy with, you know, NIL and, and some things working behind the scenes about that possibly being a, a thing. Uh, how do you think that plays into how hard UK is going after a guy like Aaron Bratch and obviously Ron Holland there as well, and I'll ask you about him next. Uh, just it feels like a lot of pieces and a lot of scholarships that uh, they will have available, obviously, with guys leaving, but it, it just feels like uh, they're uh, – you know, casting a very wide net, you know, considering what they could be getting back as well. Does it, what, what does that mean to you?
2: Yeah, Aaron Bradshaw is one of those kids that uh, he's really starting to come along late. Uh, he's, as we all say and know, bigs bloom late in general. For the most part, they're all going to bloom late. And so he's one of those guys that you project as a one-and-done type guy um, and, and likely as a starter. Now, if Oscar Chibwe comes back, how do they fit? That I don't know. They both have to play the five. You can try to throw Aaron at the four. Um, Mobility-wise, he can do it. But, again, you're pulling him away from the rim at that point, and that's what he does better. Maybe throw Oscar at the four. But then you just take him out on the perimeter and you attack him off the dribble. Um, So there's some gaps there if you try to fend them in. I don't know how well the two would fit together. Um, But in comparison to uh, Kingsley, I think uh, Bradshaw is, is such a a great talent. And Kingsley is one of those guys that you anticipate he's going to take a couple of years. Uh, He's not going to be ready. I don't think to be a starter in year one and year two. Um, And that's okay. Some people that's just their path. Um, He's extremely talented. He's got, he's got a lot of upside, um, but there's a lot to work, a lot of work to be done there. So Aaron Bradshaw, how he fits along to him, I, I think he's one that I wouldn't really be concerned about. I think you could bring him in right away and, and no, uh there's no real hiccups. Um, so the Shibway thing is definitely something to monitor. But um, as far as I've heard, I've never really heard a, a concern regarding Shibway and Kingsley out there on the, on the same roster as somebody like Aaron Bradshaw.
1: Now, Ron Holland is the guy that who may – be a better complementary fit alongside either of the center options and not trying to you know put two fives out there together. Uh, I, I know Kentucky's very high on on him. They went out of their way to see him on the first Monday of the uh, live period. I thought that was pretty telling. Um, they're still going all in on, on Ron. It, you know, it feels like the process is winding down quite a bit. His mom's kind of putting some, you know, tea leaf stuff out there, like decisions, decisions, you know, however she worded it. But uh, kind of seems like the process is winding down a little bit with with, with that. What do you know about that, uh, Ron?
2: Yeah, that's one that I personally don't like in Chances. Um, I, I currently do like where, uh, honestly, trying to handicap who the leader is right now uh, is something – It's not easy to do. Uh, Texas, uh, a lot of buzz right now. Um, They're they're in very deep, obviously, home state team. Um, Arkansas has received a lot of buzz over the past few months. And then also UCLA, I think, is a bit of a dark horse here. Um, I think they've done a great job of agreeing. And I think there's some serious, serious mutual interests there. Um, So if I'm handicapping it, uh, this could come back to bite me. I I personally would put Kentucky behind all three of those schools right now.
0: Interesting. Travis, let's talk about the guys Kentucky does have in that class. Uh, big time summer there, back-to-back commitments from Robert Dillingham, Justin Edwards. We, we know about Reed Shepard. Just what do you think about what they have so far?
2: Robert Dillingham, first and foremost, you get a bucket getter. Um, I see Jack talk about it all the time. Um, I've said it a million times. He's arguably the most entertaining player to watch in the 2023 class. I mean, he's one of those kids that is similar to Tyler in how like he just doesn't look like he's about to be in college next year. He he just six foot, 160 maybe pounds soaking wet. Um, But the kid is (laughs) as shifty as they come. He's got that ball on a string, uh, creates any shot he wants and can frankly make any single shot he wants. And it's like, it's one of those kids where, he goes out and he'll hit you with a combination of moves and he'll pull up after like a step back and you're just like, what are you doing, man? And all of a sudden he goes in and that's just Robert Dillingham. That's just what he's done. I've
1: said on this show several times, I said, John Calvin, and you, you know because you have been there in practice with Cal, Cal is going to have 36 aneurysms next year coaching Rob Dillingham and it'll work <laughs> out tremendously, but – it just it just felt like such such an anti-kentucky anti- calipari type of player because he's just so erratic and and beautifully chaotic in the best way. <laughs> i I adore Rob Dillingham like I am so excited for him to get on campus but you
0: know, I just
2: I know a, a I don't go to practices often, but I may have to find my way into a, a early season pre like summer. Practice just to go see how the experiment is going early on because it's definitely going to have a lot of growing pains. Uh, <laughs> Justin Edwards, uh, moving on to him. Uh, big fan of Justin Edwards, man. Just a really complete personal player. Six foot seven. He's athletic. He's really skilled, a kid that you can get the ball to and he can go create his own shot, make shots from three, from mid range. Uh, He's advanced in terms of his footwork, his ball skills. He's a really good passer. He's got a really high IQ for the game. Uh, One of those guys who you can throw in a variety of roles, and he's going to fill it. And play to it at a very high level. You can use him as just a versatile three D wing, three and D wing, uh, who can rebound, but he can also push the break. And then again, he can be that primary option for you. Um, he just plays the right way for the most part. He does have to work on his motor, his competitiveness. Um, but I think we say that with just about every single yeah. uh, I think senior uh, at this point, like Robert Dillingham, you don't have to say that about him. That kid a kid has like an addiction to, to putting the basketball in the hole. Like he, every single time he steps out on the floor, like he has to have the ball in his hands and he has to put it in the hole, period. Um, DJ Wagner, another one you don't ever have to worry about. That dude is going to go out there and fight and compete every single night. And that is what has been the separator him for him from day one to now. And then, but Justin Edwards, along with a lot of other guys, again, senioritis, I think starts to creep in. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, just like what happened with Chris Livingston last year, senioritis. He, there's a lot of times he's out there on the floor. You're like, what are you doing? Are you, like, are you even playing tonight? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes you get that with Justin Edwards, and then they step on campus like Chris Livingston and all is well, and he's out there working his butt off, and people just rave about his work ethic um, and all that. And then Reed Shepard, um, it's going to be a really solid piece. Uh, really skilled, really high IQ. Kid, you can throw in off the bench. He's going to go out there and make shots. He can play for you a little bit on the ball. With how smart of a passer he is, how mature of a decision maker he is, his spring and summer um, weren't what we expected and we're hoping for. But again, this kid has an extremely high floor given that uh, just IQ, his skill set, and his ability to, to impact the game both as a scorer and as a facilitator. So, um, am I missing anybody, or is that the thing where we're at? i Think you got him.
0: Yeah. yeah. I got
2: Sorry, I go off the dome, man, <laughs> and, and uh, I can I can somebody can slip through the
0: cracks. And one more question that I have for you, and it comes to kind of the approach that John Calipari has taken to recruiting, because it's it's obviously changed over the last couple of months. I know Kentucky fans, you know how passionate they are about about games, but they're even more passionate when it comes to recruiting and who's going to be next. And uh, a thing that we saw this summer, Travis, was Cal offering guys sooner than what he had in past years, especially when it comes to the twenty four class. Do you think that that's a big shift in what he's trying to do, maybe some things differently, getting in there a little bit sooner than he was in the past with official offers?
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, He's definitely done that. Like, you're absolutely right. He's definitely offering kids way earlier than what he's used to. Um, Usually, Kentucky's one of those schools that you just kind of – they would just, like, kind of just feel out, see who they want to kind of maybe get involved with, obviously. And they basically have the pick of the litter. Like, you go out and, like, oh, I want – uh, Trey Johnson. Okay, we'll jump in on him going into his senior year, and all will be well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think uh, maybe they're adjusting a little bit to the market, but because mm-hmm. the, there are a lot of kids that are committing earlier, we see Duke. I know, don't 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 get at me, but Duke, <laughs> Duke uh, locked in what five six five commitments before the summer even happened. Like yeah. that's that's a huge uh shift like that didn't used to happen because they're similar to Kentucky they basically have the pick of the litter um but they're jumping on these kids earlier so you got to kind of shift shift uh your approach a little bit in that regard but also at the same time um I think Cal's just fired up right now uh and he's he's really wanting to kind of hit this 2023 class extremely hard but he's also wanting to follow it up with really really good 2024 class um so again he's I think it's a mixture of both of those things. You're adjusting to the market, but at the same time, you just really want to lay your foot down and get after it in the 2023 and 2024 classes.
1: On that note, Zach Braun asked, do you expect anyone from 2024 to commit by the end of 2022?
2: To the university of Kentucky. Man, that's a good question. Well, personally, no, I do not. But I've been caught off guard and surprised many a time. So um, wouldn't rule it out. But as of as of this moment, looking at their offer list, I, I do not anticipate anybody committing before the calendar year is over. Oh,
1: I love this question from Bourbon Kingdom from a name perspective. And we'll obviously get into the, you know, the- real
2: quick. Were they referring to 2024?
1: 24 committing like yeah. at the yeah. end of this year.
2: Yeah, no, I do not anticipate anybody.
1: Uh, I love this question from Bourbon Kingdom. From a name perspective, who would you rather have, Dink Pate, or uh, Boogie, Boogie Flant?
2: From a name perspective, from a Boogie. Name perspective. Boogie, Boogie, uh, great name, also a great kid and a really good player, man.
1: I like him both. Uh, he's,
2: he's the full package. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I like Boogie and, uh, his real name John Uel. Like, I love, I love if that that's unique in itself, and then he just goes by Boogie. Like, that's that's. And the story behind why he's Boogie is like even more fascinating. because It's like, yeah, I used to my mom used to play music and I would just start dancing as a little kid. And they just said, oh, this kid likes to Boogie. And that's been his nickname ever since. Like it just stuck. It wasn't like some long family name or anything like that. It was just, the kid likes to dance in front of people whenever music starts playing. It's like the most
2: simple, cool nickname I've heard. We'll say Bourbon King did leave out Arius Ace. Bailey, also it's also a really good name. It's a good
1: name. Also a cool name. Well, let's jump into that. What? Uh, uh, who are some names for Kentucky fans to keep a very close eye on in 2024? Yeah. Who's feeling out Kentucky quite a bit and likes them, uh, and who Kentucky obviously is very high on in that class as well.
2: Boogie Flynn, as we were just saying, um, I think that's going to be one to really watch. He just locked in a visit to inside or not inside Carolina, North Carolina. Inside Carolinas or North Carolina site and <laughs> brain. Uh, just locked in the visit to North Carolina. Um, I do anticipate him locking in visits to obviously more schools this fall. Um, I do think Kentucky has a very, very good chance at being one of those. Um, they obviously used a lot of visits last year, and so I think there's a, a lot of trying to figure out uh, uh, just the visit situation for, for this upcoming class in 2024. So, uh, But I do really like where they stand with him. They're on them really, really hard. Uh, a lot of mutual interest there. Obviously, Carter Knox, um kevin knox's little brother if you're unfamiliar um kentucky was down there earlier this week i can't remember if i i tweeted out but i can't remember if it was cal or not who's down there um i think it was i'll have to recheck
1: how was it img so i'm assuming yeah for me while he was in florida might as well which on that note i don't personally see it the eric daly thing i don't i mean. I tried to be as polite as possible to open the show and the last show. I don't personally understand. I, just, what What do you have to say about that
2: one? Um, by the way, yes, confirming, went to the receipts. Cal was with Carter Knox there you on go. last Wednesday. To your question, what did you just ask? Uh, oh, Eric Daly, what do I think of that? Why? Yeah, yeah, um, why? I, I would not – Put too much stock into that.
1: Absolutely not. But yeah, I, I put too much. But, stock but my it. my question was, Cal still made the trip to IMG and met him. Like that was just kind of my concern. It's like they like him as I, I know on UK side they like him as a secondary option in case they miss out on some guys and and that. But still, a player that I just was really confused about with that that mutual contact for sure.
2: Well, I mean, don't rule out the fact that it is IMG Academy.
0: That's and true. They have
2: a whole lot more than just Eric Daly. Um, That's a good so. well, hopefully they have any that they've offered yet. Yeah, they don't have any that they've offered down there yet, but there's a lot of really good prospects down there at IMG. Yeah.
1: Um, all right, at the top of the list, you got obviously Trey Johnson and Ian Jackson, are arguably Kentucky's top two targets in that class uh, for various reasons and my personal favorite, but Trey is obviously, you know, from a scoring perspective, hard to beat, uh, him, uh, just where does Kentucky stand with those guys? I know Cal was in today for, uh, Ian, I believe KT Turner was down at, uh, Lake Highlands for Trey as well today. So I think Kentucky
2: saw them both. Yeah. Uh, good standings with both. Um, I do, uh, am interested in seeing where this goes with Texas with Trey Johnson. There's been a lot of buzz with them, uh, between the two parties, um, to, to the Ian Jackson front. Um, obviously Kentucky's in great standing there. Um, but I, I if Kentucky gets DJ Wagner in 23, how does Ian Jackson potentially fit? Cause obviously he's a reclass option. He's old for the class. He's able to make that happen. Um, I think he ultimately ends up in 2023, whether it's at Kentucky or elsewhere. And so because of that DJ Wagner situation, I think this is one that maybe he, maybe we, we shouldn't rule out the, the the possibility that he ends up at a different school. Um, I know there's a lot of schools interested in, in kind of filling out the situation um, and just how much of a quote-unquote lock is Ian Jackson to Kentucky. Um, so I, I think this one's probably more open than what we all – kind of maybe have put into it um so i think they're in really good saying i think they're in good staying with both of them uh, but definitely still a whole lot to play out here
1: with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them Uh, going down your all's list and knowing the kind of the unofficial name count on Kentucky's side, UK likes uh, Asa Newell, uh, Carter Knox, obviously. I think there's some, some talk about Zoom Diallo as well, Boogie Fland, Isaiah Elohim. Um, Ace Bailey just got his offer. Who That kind of next tier list of guys. Uh, who are you? Tahad Pettiford, obviously, as well. Uh, that next tier guys, is there anybody that you think Kentucky fans should be keeping a close eye on?
2: Yeah, um, it's interesting. You you mentioned Zoom Diallo. I didn't. Even, I wasn't even aware that the fact that they were kind of feeling that one out. Um, to me, that's going to be one that I, I will be interested in, in kind of watching. I I'm a huge advocate of Zoom Diallo. Um, I frankly think he's a top point guard in this 2024 class. Wow. Um, he is not him, but he reminds me a lot of Scoot Henderson his body, his frame, his length, his athleticism. That's one of those guys that just has an elite burst of speed, explosive first step. Nobody can keep him in front. He's strongly built just like Scoot was. Scoot was just, uh, frankly, he's just a freak. Um, Zoom, just the way he moves, the way he plays, the way he's built, uh, just reminds me a lot of Scoot, especially when Scoot was like a, a rising senior. So, yeah. Um, big fan of, of zoom Diallo and so uh, obviously really like hot Pettiford I'll be interested interested to see where that one goes five foot 11 160 pounds he's undersized kid is tough and he's explosive too I don't not many people realize just how explosive that kid is he's strong he's tough he's skilled he can score and he can pass um, similar kind of one of those kids that uh, gets the most out of out of all his talent uh, he really kind of gets the most out of it, just like Tyler did um, with his size. Again, he just doesn't look the part, but that kid can go out and freaking hoop. Um, so those are those are definitely two that I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on and seeing where things go. Uh,
1: unfortunately, my favorite player well, – not my favorite, but kind of the most intriguing player in the class, Flory Badunga. I fell in love with him the first time I ever saw him. I Every time I'm in a gym where he's playing, I – Drop everything I'm doing to go watch him because he's just such a fascinating prospect. Kentucky, I think, is just kind of playing this wait and see game. They know the complications behind his recruitment and kind of how, you know, it is what it is at this point. Uh, I know they like him a lot. And if he becomes available, they would like him. But uh, what can you say about Floyd Badunga? And is there any chance in the hell that they can uh, get their hands on that kid?
2: Uh, I would not really dig it deep into that one. I, I No. Just no. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say on that. No. I, that, you will not that be, I don't think, it, I, um, I do not envision uh, there's, I think there's some things coming down the pipe in which I'm just going to, yeah, just no. I do not think. We don't
1: I love that kid. Where, wherever right. he goes, wherever he goes, I will be watching every single game.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan too. I saw him in Spartanburg, and I, I liked him.
1: Love that guy. Um, Daryl Williams says I like John Bowl. I know UK is kind of playing a, a wait and see game with both John Bowl and, and uh, Samto Just you know, they like them both. They're wanting to see a little bit more out of both of them. Uh, what can you say about both of those guys?
2: John Bowl and who is the other one? Uh, Samto. Oh, just went to OTE today. Yeah, um, John Bowles, seven footer, seven one, really long, great athlete. runs the floor like a deer. Um, not many guys you see who can who can move like he can at his size. Tremendous prospects, good rim protector. He's got soft touch. Um, one thing that uh, I'll want to see out of him is just getting stronger. He's really thin. He's weak. He gets bumped off the block. He gets bumped off his drives. Um, but again, just. For a guy who's seven foot, seven foot one, to be able to run like he can. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget, I was watching, uh, it was in Louisville, weird. I think, I don't know if you are watching the game with me, Jack, or uh, what. But I know because me and you stood there, I, it may have been after the game where me and you went and talked to Robert, tried to talk to Robert Dillingham right before he committed. Leave, yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure it was that game. It was that game. And John Bowley closes out on somebody. Uh, shooting in the corner and John's under the basket and the dude's able to close out and block the shot with, with like one or two steps. It was something freakish, like his ability to close out that much space in that quick amount of time um, was just absolutely incredible. So um, tremendous prospect, really kind of intrigued and in, in what he can become just again, a lot of it's going to de- be determined by how strong he gets. And then on Santo um, just an absolute animal. Uh, six foot ten, six foot eleven, two forty five, two fifty. Just a grown man's body, similar to Oscar Sheboy. But a, I mean, when comparing him to Oscar, he's a way better athlete. Samsa explosive. He runs the floor. Uh, he plays extremely hard, just like Oscar. Rebounds, catches lobs. Um, just another bruising, athletic big man um, that's going to impact the game at a high level as a rebounder, rim runner, and shot blocker. Um, so really like them both. Um, Samto, I, I, I do believe like if Kentucky really went in on Samto, um, I think they'd have. I, I would immediately classify them as a leader. I think there's, um, a really great chance that if they wanted him, they would get him, um, not only in 2024, but I think there would be a chance that they could get him in 2023. Um, mm. so that's the, of those two, Samto would be the one I, I'm looking closer at.
1: Interesting. Um, Nick McCardell, my guy says, thoughts on high school kids being draft eligible soon and how NIO will impact impact some kids decisions. Obviously, that news came out with uh, Shams other day and then Woj kind of backtracked a little bit. And I know there's some back and forth behind the scenes about a lot of it is it's very complicated as of right now, but I guess just the uh, very broad idea of that being a possibility.
2: So my read on the situation, especially between the two pieces of information, um, is I think that one and done will still be thing. Woj made that pretty clear, but they will lower the age to 18 years old. So in other words, guys like Scoot Henderson and Imani Bates, who reclassified early, but they were only 17 years old, now they don't have to do two years in college. Imani is at uh, Eastern Michigan now, and obviously, and then uh, Skew Henderson's having to do his second year in the D-League. Instead, an NBA team could have taken him three, four months ago back in June as a top five draft pick. It was a no-brainer. I, so I think this is going to apply to those kids. Um, but obviously, if that happens, according to Shams, he anticipates it happening in 2024. Now what Woj was reporting was he does not anticipate the one and done into ending anytime soon because of all the trades that have happened you have to give teams years yeah. of preparation for that. I totally understand that they have to protect organizations. Um, so let's assume that Shams is right. 2024 uh, players are able to be one year removed, but be drafted um, into the 20, into that 2024 NBA draft. Um, it's going to impact kids who were born in two thousand. Um, those being Boogie Flames, as you talked to Boogie about it earlier, um, and it's going to be a story I, I put up hopefully tomorrow. Um, keep getting sidetracked. So get on the lookout for that. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> My overall thoughts, I, I think it's a good decision by the NBA. Like why does a player like Scoot Henderson need to be in the G League for two years just because he's 17 years old? That kid is ready to go out there and, and really contribute to an NBA team. I also think – money as – Sad of an ordeal and and just uh, a disaster that this has been, I do at the same time think there would have been value for an NBA team to really get their hands on him last year. Would he have been a first-rounder? Probably not. But to get him without a guaranteed contract and bring him into your system and really kind of uh, show him the ropes just bring him along, um, I think that would have been an investment worthwhile. Uh, lower risk, high reward. At that point, you get them in the second round. So um, I think he, frankly, is a point into this too. So um, I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, the elimination of one and done. Um, there's so much that goes into that, and there's so much that has to be stiff, sifted through. Um, and that's it's such a high risk, uh, high risk, high reward play. Um, and as we have seen, a million kids will. Think they can do it, and we'll try to do it. So it's going to make our lives of tracking all this stuff even worse.
1: I I was going to uh, try to be as kind as possible when talking about that 2024 class where does it really even matter if it gets passed by 2024 draft because the class sucks overall and there's not a whole (laughs) lot of uh, guys. I mean, the kids will think that they are good enough and they will declare – but with how bad the class is from top to bottom, really, it feels like the, the first real threat of that, even if it, you know, is, that is a thing, is 2025 where you're going to get the Aaron Peterson and Cooper Flags and, you know, the, those guys of the world making them jump up to 24. And Yeah. Be, um, but, you know.
2: Don't forget Cameron Boozer. But Boozer Cameron Boozer doesn't even fit the age. Even if he reclassed in 2024, that kid will not be eligible for the NBA draft, even if they lower the age limit until 2025, 20, yeah, 2025 draft. Cause that he was a legit 14 years old this summer. And if you go watch that kid play, he's a freaking monster. He's a
0: prospect
2: in all high school. Um, but yeah, so that, that to me will be the bigger value of, it, of course, is Cooper flag. Potentially, uh being, he's one of the best prospects on all the grassroots. So um him having that option, teams will they all got to see him at Peach Jam um this summer and, and obviously the reviews everybody was pretty pleased with what they saw at Peach Jam, but also at FIBA. Um out in Spain, Cooper was out there. Um and NBA teams were also out there. So um, yeah, twenty twenty four a lot of it's it's when it comes to draft stock, pro pro potential it's not what it is compared to the 25 class. The 25 class has a real chance to be really special. Um, but it doesn't matter. Kids are going to try to do it. People are going to tell them it's a great idea. When, um, Frankly, it's not just like old kids. It's a great idea to reclassify. We've seen uh, 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 quite a few players um reclassifying it and not really pan out too well. It's a really hard thing to do to make that jump, man. It's really, really hard. And you got to be ready to take that punch in the face because adversity is going to hit you. Um, and a lot of these kids have had a lot of yes-men around them, and they've been able to get away with whatever they want at the high school level. When you re- hit the, get that punch in the face at the high major level can really shock you a little bit and, and really throw kids off balance and – See them stumble. See a lot of them stumble. So, yeah, a lot, a lot to play out here. Uh, a couple
1: questions here about uh, local kid, uh, Travis Perry. Shane Rudolph says, I just got on, not sure what I missed, but do you have any insight on the recruitment of Travis Perry? Would love to see him uh, to suit up alongside Reed Shepard, which I, that, um, I think that's a, a surprising take. And then I think there were a couple comments about him as well. But just what, what do you know about Travis
2: Obviously, his Michigan visit, they're on him extremely hard. Um, Juwan Howard has made him a top priority. Um, like I said, I got him on a visit last weekend, but I also remember last weekend of July I'm out in L.A. Juwan Howard was front and center just about every single game out in, uh, while he was in L.A. Obviously, he's flying around, but um, they've made him a top priority. Um, and I think this one's going to be a little bit more open than, than what you would anticipate, like if a kid – uh, just in general from the state of Kentucky gets that Kentucky offer like you think it's a no-brainer yeah. um, you just kind of locked up and it is it, the recruitment's over um, but I don't think that's the case of Travis I think he's going to really feel this situation out figure out what, what's the best opportunity for him what's the best fit for him um, and I think more schools get involved I do anticipate him taking a visit this fall um, obviously being in state kid and and the current stru- dynamics of what's of who they need to bring on a visit and um, all that stuff. I, I uh, don't know if it'll be an official, but uh, yeah, I'm leaving the door open to all other options right there.
1: Yeah, I respect the way both sides have handled this, where Cal went took his time to go see him liked what he saw, offered him, said, you are Kentucky quality. You understand that you have some concerns about playing time and role and you want to be a guy that's going to play early. Travis made it very clear. We like you, you know, we want, you know, Kentucky's clearly a a school that I would like playing at, but you know, I got to be respectful to myself and, you know, respect my own abilities and go to potentially go to a place that I can play early and, they prioritize me and I won't be the eighth, ninth man guy off the bench. I I, I really respect the way both sides have handled that, but uh, I I am right there with you. I, I would not be shocked if we see him playing for somewhere else. I, I kind of thought a Big Ten fit, you know, an Iowa or something like that would be interesting for him, but, uh, you know, Michigan. I mean, look,
2: at, look at who else they're recruiting in the 24 class. You're going to assume that Reed Shepard's coming back. Right. We'll rule out the fact that Robert Dillingham could come back you recruiting Ian Jackson, you're recruiting Boogie Fland, um, Trey Johnson uh, to Hod Pettiford. It's a handful of guys right there that stacks up the backcourt real quick. Um, so where where does Travis plug in? Um, it's a big question mark. So, yeah, th- that thing's going to uh, – just a lot to play out. I say that all the time, but there's a lot to play out.
1: Well, let's uh, get you out of here with this. 2025, it's obviously early. I know Darren Peterson's a guy Kentucky's very, very, very high on and they have been for quite some time. Are there any other guys that uh, you see Kentucky making a, a pretty strong run for? Are they in a positive uh, stance with, with any of the guys at the top of that list?
2: Um, to be honest, I don't really know the answer to that question. Um, Got to feel out of where the, just like the mutual interests are, that's the first thing you want to try to figure out is who's in just about every kid in the country. Says, the University of Kentucky. Um, but I do think that Kentucky will put up a fight for Cooper Black. Um, Cameron Boozer, not so sure about that one. Uh, nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that ain't happening. Duke seems to be a safe bet there. Um Darren Peterson, obviously, they're going to be involved with. Um, remind me, am i missing anybody that they've offered into, uh, anybody else. They have it's not offered so
1: anybody. Right. Involved
2: with 2025s. This early is unprecedented. Da-
1: Darren actually does have, hold an offer. He I, yes, the the first of uh, of Cal's time at Kentucky, the first time he's ever offered a, a kid this early, and the last time I talked to the UK, they were like, we we offered him a minute ago too, like we. Made it very clear that we want him, which kind of threw me off, but
2: they like Although, him a lot a lot. Although in the tidbit, he's also he's a Jersey scholars kid.
1: He is. It, connections are there. And, and Jasper Johnson, we you know about him. Uh, Darryl Daryl Williams is asked about him.
2: Jasper Johnson, I know nothing about. So sorry sorry, Daryl Williams. I'm not afraid to say I don't know, and I do not know <laughs> I do not know. He's he's an in-state kid. Dude. Try to keep up with two thousand players every year. It, it's, it's it is very difficult. I am going to go. I think go see. Oh shoot! Help me, Jack. Scott County. Uh, older brother plays at Eastern Kentucky. Uh, Moreno. Michael Moreno. His little brother. His little brother. That's really. That's up and coming. I yeah. I'm going to go see him Thursday morning. Um, try to get. Better feel for what's going on in the bluegrass, uh, but yeah, sorry, uh, I'm not fam- I, I, I'm not familiar with Jasper just yet. It's,
1: uh, Woodford very Kevin,
2: difficult do a job to try to keep up with with what's going on in every single class and every single player across the entire country. Yeah, Woodford County
1: very good. He will be he'll be a top fifty-ish kid, maybe maybe higher. Probably, probably top top thirty by the end of the. He's very
2: good, so. What? Well, thank you. Thank you for the, I, will, I, I actually want to say somebody brought him up to me like two weeks ago, but again, dude, I, dude, my brain is like, I see a squirrel and I'm just like squirrel, you know, you're always just chasing the next thing that comes across from best. So you just, yeah, my wife stays on me about it. I don't know what goes on in our uh, own personal life. She's my own calendar and I get in a lot of trouble for it. So.
1: It, it is what it is. Well, man, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, I don't think there are any other questions for you, but we had a long, long Some Louisville trolls jumped in here. I didn't even want to acknowledge, I saw that. acknowledge their existence, but they can kick rock. I just want not even going to uh, acknowledge that one. But um, I, the, the other UK fans in the chat have been kind of knocking the U of L troll out. So I, I appreciate their duty here, uh, getting them out of here. But uh, Travis, man, I appreciate you coming on. We had a blast. Um, and uh, you did a very, very good job of uh, staying tight-lipped on things that you are not allowed to talk about.
2: Appreciate it, brother. And thanks for having me on. Enjoyed it as always. And uh, I'm a little upset. I've not heard from you whenever you've come through Lexington in a while. So um, I did see you were at uh, what was the taco place again a couple of weeks ago? Um, Condado,
1: Condado. They they hit the Bahamas, man. They did.
2: Yeah, you're right down the street from me, and you kind of hit me up for a margarita, but it's cool. Um, <laughs> I will I will
1: uh, get that fixed. I promise. I'll
2: get that. Yeah. Fixed. So, Sean, same to you, buddy. Anytime you're you're coming through, we, are, we gotta gotta link up, man. Can't yeah. leave in the, in the dark. I know there's a lot of other cooler media members out there, but um,
0: no. Yeah. Less not, I think less, last time I saw you was in Spartanburg. I'm pretty sure.
2: Was that's exactly right? Yep. Golly, that was where I was, okay. sure. I was watching and Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> there it is.
1: Kansas is getting a good one.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, appreciate yeah. you, by the
2: way. appreciate you guys. Have a good night, y'all. You too. Thank you. All
1: right, Sean. Fantastic
0: the, man. He was fantastic.
1: Uh, awesome stuff as always. I really respect his. Uh, tight litness on DJ Wagner. I know fans were waiting for that update and were are uh, yep. unfortunately probably a little let down, but, you know, but it is what it is. It's, it's a complicated I, recruitment that. It,
0: I you know, still remember when we went to New York last year for the champions classic and we were trying to find him and it took us forever to find him. Remember Travis, when we were, uh, we were at Jack Dempsey's and we, we kept trying to to find him and we finally found him.
1: Yeah, and it was like two seconds. I was like, all right, no, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. That was fun. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, cool. Let's uh, get out of here. Uh, Bourbon Kingdom asked one last question. Are there any changes to the format of Big Blue, Nation, of Big Blue Madness this year? I have not heard uh, what the specifics are. There will be changes. They want it to be. Uh, kind of that next, like we talked about last week, they want it to be the prime event of the year. Cal said that this needs to be something that we talk about for a month after the fact. And I don't think that's something that he put lightly. I think he's very serious about that. So I don't expect the same song and dance that we've seen year after year after year. I think we're going to get something different. So nothing official yet, bourbon kingdom, but we will most certainly uh, get to that whenever that time comes. So, uh, Sean, I believe, I believe we, we touched on everything.
0: We had an early question from Facebook. It was when we first got on asking about if C.J. Frederick's going to be healthy when the season oh. starts. And I, I would I would say we probably need to discuss it. I think getting him through the Bahamas the way that they did, I think, was a huge win. Mm-hmm. Getting him back to Lexington healthy. On that kind of uh, managed, you know, just managed uh, timeframe and minutes that he was playing there, that and then not playing him the final day, Jack, I would expect that that was a huge step in the plan of having him ready to go. Probably that first exhibition.
1: Yeah, and it it wasn't just him going out there and you know getting a couple shots up and pulling him right back off the bench. They were really working him. I mean, in practice, they were having him run sideline, you know, baseline to baseline, uh, you know. Sideline to sideline, base, you know, on the baseline, uh, you know, looking for shots. They had him coming off screens, you know, really tight, uh, you know, pivots, really, you know, a lot of lateral quickness stuff that you would be a little bit worried about with somebody with with some leg issues in the past. They were working him hard, and he was working himself hard, and in, in the games, you know, he was getting rebounds and and pushing the pace and 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 moving the ball up the floor. A lot of things that. I was a little concerned about seeing how he would adjust that quickly, and I thought he looked tremendous down in the Bahamas. Just you know, physically, I thought he looked there, and uh, I, you know, he made like you said, he made it out of the Bahamas 100 percent healthy. Uh, all signs pointing to him returning to uh, the you know rough arena, Florida, open the season, which is absolute good news for Kentucky. They need they need that kid out there.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway from the Bahamas was no setback for him. I think that was a huge takeaway, get him through that and get him healthy and give him a couple more months to to get stronger and geared up and get ready. And I'd expect to see him in that blue-white game and then those first exhibition games. And hopefully there is no kind of uh, time, you know, load management with him and he can just step right in whatever his role is right from the beginning.
1: Yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Um, I believe that touches on everything. I don't think we missed any questions uh, in the feed, and again, appreciate uh, Travis Branham coming on. He's the best in the business at what he does in terms of you know having his ear to the ground across the country. Uh, I, I take his analysis and his word over just about anybody else's. So um, take take that for uh, he, not, not he said, a great. I'll take that for the entire salt shaker. Everything he said.
0: Uh, I, if, I, if he doesn't know, he's not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. That's that's who Travis is. When Travis says something, you listen.
1: Absolutely. Well, man, let's uh, get out of here with one last quick message from our friends at Athletic Greens, our next point Partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I had ramped up my daily workouts. And eating a cleaner diet And Athletic Greens was the perfect complement to my efforts in getting healthy. The thing is, I didn't want a chalky, nasty, bitter supplement that tasted like grass clippings. I wanted something I genuinely uh, enjoyed with a mild tropical taste. It's a drink I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins Minerals, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The system, uh, the special blend uh, of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs. No nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. That's the most important part supports better sleep quality and recovery supports mental clarity and alertness. And it costs you less than $3 per day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Uh, Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements, to look out for your health, to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com pilgrim. Again, that is athleticgreens.com pilgrim, P-I-L-G-R-I-M, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Sean Smith, that wraps up this show. I appreciate you coming on as well. Great questions for Travis. Appreciate Travis coming on. He is the absolute best. And uh, we'll get out of here. Where can I find your work?
0: You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry.
1: Find me on Twitter as well at KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we'll be back next Tuesday night live right here on the KSR YouTube page. See you then.